Namaste and welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast, where we are exploring the mystical in the mundane and the magic in the present moment, bringing you ancient tools and technologies into modern day living, yoga, mythic, and healing conversations with expert and visionary powerhouses sharing their stories and secrets with you to help you live an inspired life. My name is Kilkenny, the host of the Modern Mystic Podcast, and today I am thrilled to be speaking about the first chakra known as the root chakra energy center called the Muladhara chakra in Sanskrit, the language of yoga. I love the first chakra. And the reason I love it so much is because I've needed it so much in my own personal journey. So I'm looking forward to sharing concrete, really practical practices and details about it so it can support as many people as possible. As for me, it's really been a long and windy road of exploration and terrain to deliver myself to a lot of grounded, rooted practices. If you're like myself, which I think a lot of mystics are, then my chart astrologically and my experience karmically has been a lot of abilities to be with other chakras and not so much the root chakra because the root chakra is a lot about being earthbound. And yet as the name of this podcast, Modern Mystic speaks to, it's about really learning to embody our mysticism, knowing our bodies, our temples and true manifestations of the divine, of the universal. And so the more as mystics, we learn about taking care of our bodies in the way of supporting them psychologically, energetically, and on such a fundamental level, which I'm going to go into in a moment, our temples, our root chakra that lives in this temple, the first energy wheelhouse center, um, great revelation can happen in the other mystical realms when our root chakra is balanced, supported, and continually worked with. So the root chakra has to do, as its name implies, with our roots. I love the quote by Tolkien, the great writer of so many poems and novels and masterpieces, most notably the Lord of the Rings said, all that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wonder are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. So as that poem connotates, when our roots are deep, our energetic roots our psychological aspects of self are really integrated and connected to the ground of being within and then very practically without on the outside of our lives, then we can wander and not be lost. Then we can pursue our adventures, our passions, our play even, when we do those things from a place of not having roots, then we float away, we fly away. Then there becomes chaos and erraticism. Then there's less accountability and frankly, 
functionality. And so when we think of the root chakra, you can think about groundedness. You can also think about nourishment, family, prosperity, home, trust, safety, security, right livelihood, vitality, good health, and feeling comfortable in one's physicality. So it's really important when we start with a root chakra to feel it in our own bodies, because as modern mystics on this path, we want to really practically ground ourselves and anchor ourselves. Anchoring is another word I think about when I contemplate the practice of the root chakra. So I invite you right now, if it's safe to do so, just for a moment, close your eyes and feel where this chakra, this energy processing center that processes all of our life experiences. It said it contains the storehouse of our past karmic experiences, laden impressions called samskaras and vasanas. And feel if you simply have to have the eyes open or you feel moved to do so in the way of safety or comfortability, then simply feel right now into your body and take one intentioned breath. And then feel into the, the root foundation of your temple that houses your spirit, your mind and your heart by noticing your legs, your sitting bones, your hips, and then begin to notice more subtly the perineum between the genitals and the anus. And on an inhale, if it's comfortable and safe to do so, just gently squeeze this area between the genitals and anus on an inhale. And then exhale, release it. And now do that at your own rhythm three more times in honor of energetically, it's said, there's a energetic flower in each chakra that has a certain amount of petals and there are four, it's said in this energetic center that lives at the intersectionality of our physicality, our psychology, our feelings, our breath, how we feel energetically, our intuition and our soul and our bliss body. And this chakra has to do with the basic right to be. So if your eyes are closed, you can slowly open and close them a few times and then resume an open-eyed position unless it feels better for you and it's safe to keep them closed and listen to my words. The basic right to be and to take up space. The right as humans to establish our individuality Self-care, which in our society today is such a radical act, right? We're constantly bombarded with reasons of doing a lack of self-care, working too much, working too hard, taking care of others. You know, the list goes on. I mentioned prosperity and particularly in the yoga tradition. One of the things I love is prosperity is really 
connected to not just monetary wealth and abundance, which it is, but also the notion of spiritual abundance, psychological wellness and abundance, really abundance in any way you could apply it. So you can think about that. I also mentioned the idea of security and really psychologically, it's fundamentally tied to our sense of survival, right? The fight or flight system within ourselves and that we experience in our lives, all of us to some extent, smaller and bigger traumas. And then even within the nervous system, this fight or flight instinct is embedded. You know, in this modern day technology, I remember when the cell phones and the smartphone became really popular, reading that when we got the notifications, our nervous systems were triggered as if we saw a bear in the forest. It was that dramatic internally. And so that's something really to chew on. It's a great practice to support your own nervous system and healthy root chakra to really pay attention to those notifications, you know, on your smart devices, on your computers, on all your different technological aspects that you connect and plug into. How many notifications do you get? Can you really make it a practice of having healthy boundaries and not being notified about things that aren't, you know, really important and, and immediate in the way of your attention grabbing and importance of that. So this element in yoga, the word for element, I love this word, is called Mahabhuta. Mahabhuta means like the greatness of this aspect of life and in nature. And it's associated with the element earth. Not a surprise. The word for earth is called pritavi in Sanskrit. And it literally refers to the quality within every human being because we are made up of the exact same elemental components as this whole manifest natural world is. We know this, this is proven now. So we are this microcosm of the macrocosm. We are a holograph, if you will, of the greater whole. And so this element of earth lives within us. And so for people whose root chakra is imbalanced, too much excess, you have too much of it, this means the energy of it. And again, go back to my last soul cast intro to chakras where I talk about this at greater length. But you might have a deficiency in this department of your root chakra. You know, most of us will know when I start to talk about these different chakras right away when I talk and laid out that list of what the chakras pertain to, you know, and one of those words will have jumped out at you, or maybe all of them, like for me, when I said roots and grounding and nourishment, those trigger words, so to speak, regarding the chakras will make you instantly either crave more of them or have some kind of response to them. And truly this chakra, most people need support and practices to bring into a more homeostasis because of our society and our fast paced living. Just by nature of how we're living as modern day individuals participating in the rapidity of this technological age and intense global community right now will need support with their, their root chakra. There's, I have yet to meet a student, a client, anyone really who does not benefit in some way from this kind of work. So if you think about earth, the element of earth, 
It's consistent, right? It's steadfast. You might even say it's patient. It waits. Like if you're in the season of winter, it waits patiently with all the branches and all the foliage that's died and burrows into it. There's all this gestating in the winter underground, right? But it doesn't rush that process. It waits till the right moment. It's filled with regularity, full of stamina. So these are all qualities in this world and within yourself. Supportive, solid, dense. (laughs) So if you literally visualize an element in your body, you might get a hit or flavor of it. And so we'll work with that a little bit later. The color associated with this chakra is red. And red has the slowest vibratory frequency. If you look at the spectrum of colors and you can Google this, it's fascinating. But red is considered the slowest in the way of vibration. It's dense and weighty. And this chakra development starts to happen halfway in utero around that second trimester mark up through 12 months of age. So the formation on a literal physical body is about this idea of taking up space. Once a baby comes out, it takes up even more space after growing in the mama's womb. And an infant's task, right? What is, what is the infant's task to do? To learn how to operate the body and practice those really basic things, sucking, eating, grasping, sitting, crawling, standing, right? And that's what the caregivers of the little beings focus on, supporting them with. So it's a lot about survival, physical comfort, and doing those basic human actions. And when one successfully develops this chakra, the individual by 12 months has a sense. They have a right to be here. They have a right to take up space in this world. They don't feel precluded to do that. And often we don't know how we felt at that age until these lingering aspects and issues, if you will, come up later when we don't feel these things. So if any of these things that I'm saying hits the mark of your heart, like, huh, I don't really feel like I can take up space in certain situations in my life, then that would be an indicator to work and support your first chakra. Just to note, like during childhood, chakra development is relatively unconscious, but by adulthood, you know, our evolution hopefully becomes more conscious, particularly as we're on the mystical path. And so we have that choice if we want to do it or not. And so what happens is, is that, and I'll talk you through it in these seven individual soul casts, one per each seven chakras, that when we're young, we go through a development through all the seven chakras. And then when we reach adulthood, it starts over again. And as adults, we go back to that this first chakra and start to develop it again. And I'll speak to this at more and more length in these episodes. So as adults, when we hit adulthood, we come back to this chakra. So we started it during childhood, you know, in utero, halfway. And then we go through 12 months 
And then we develop the other six chakras. And then we hit adulthood and it begins again. And it begins the similar issues, survival. But then in adulthood, it becomes about a place to live. And we learn to care for ourselves, right? With our independent incomes, And we know from some adults, like finding places to live, keeping places to live can be a lifelong challenge. Same thing with incomes can be a lifelong challenge. And so again, if these are things that are challenging for you or those that you love, supporting yourself and your first root chakra or theirs can be really empowering and really healing and helps shift major challenges in life until there are not challenges anymore. The root chakra is is how it can undermine a chakra's general health and its fear, right? Because this chakra has to do with trust. Trusting the universe has your back because it does. Trusting in the flow of life. And so if there's pushback against that. If we've been through trauma, particularly extreme, like near-death trauma, sometimes then this chakra often gets imbalanced, gets diminished, and that's okay. This is normal. This is natural. And there are ways and things you can do to support and gently bring this chakra back to full health. But fear is the underlying one. In yoga, there's the aspect of to put it really simplistically, it's called the anava mala. And it's the aspect of one psyche that feels unworthy, right? It's very human, very normal, very natural in certain circumstances to have this feeling become elicited. And those of us who deal and grapple with this feeling of worthiness or actually feeling unworthy more than others, again, it's correlated to this chakra. So as I mentioned, trauma, particularly birth trauma, like I personally have children and I had experiences of birth trauma. So that affected my root chakra. In turn, if you were born in a situation at birth where you were surrounded by trauma, unconsciously, buried in your psyche somewhere, there could be overtones and karma to work with and deal with from this birth trauma affecting your stressor of this first chakra. Abandonment would be another one. Any kind of neglect. If you had feeding difficulties as a child, definitely clearly physical abuse and any kind of violent environment. And these traumas, like accidents, surgeries, I alluded to, illnesses, that you could even like have it be inherited from someone. Like, for example, if you had a sibling who died from SIDS and your parents growing up were super understandably overprotective of you, or you had parents or grandparents who were Holocaust survivors, this would affect your root chakra, just the, the, the psychological overtones and energies you would have picked up from the way that they were understandably being. And so we can heal from this and really help our familial lineages moving forward even heal from this so we don't pass these things on to the next generation. And excess in this first chakra could manifest as depression. That energy I mentioned in the yoga world 
of the mala that can lead that quality of, of unworthiness can lead to depression. And then other aspects and other things can lead to the feeling of depression if this chakra is imbalanced. So it could be a sense of like existential depression. Like, why am I here? Who am I? What's the point of all this? And feeling really down about that. And those truly are the questions that many mystical paths were midwife from asking obesity, overeating, emotional eating, hoarding. In yoga, we call that aparigraha. It's one of the the branches on the eight limbs of yoga. And it's a real tenant, like not to hoard physical things because things take up energy. I talk about in my podcast with Alexa, go back to that one about energy hacks and, and just the importance of your physical space and not hoarding. Material fixation, like greed and, and that kind of obsession with prosperity in the way that's out of alignment, not healthy, and, and, and acquiring things, which is another subliminal message we get all the time in our society, and thus why this chakra is so important as a society collectively we learn to work with. It can lead to sluggishness and feeling lazy, you know, feeling fear of change, like not wanting to change things up. Air energy is very quick and movable. And I'll talk about that a lot when I do the fourth chakra. And this is the antithesis, the opposite, sluggishness, lazy. In yoga, there's the, the energy, it's called tamasic energy. And it's, it's like, speaks to how everything in this universe has a quality of energy and it's broken down into three qualities. There's tamasic energy, there's rajasic energy, which is activity, fire, passion, movement. And then there's sattvic energy, which is more balanced energy. And tamasic energy is the slow, sluggish. And so it refers to this root chakra. So in terms of healing, receiving energy and reclaiming basic right to be, to take up space is really important. Whether you have an excess and even whether you have a deficiency, getting massages. Oh, I love massages. Don't get me a physical gift ever. If you'd rather give me a massage or get me a massage, that's, that's my way in, right? Body work. So healing, so balancing for this chakra. Really, it's a way to thread your spirit back into your physical body eating pure, rich foods that are grown from the earth, right? Those root vegetables, the carrots, the potatoes can be really, really healing for this chakra. A lot of listeners will love this, dark chocolate. I know my daughter is so excited about this one. And when she eats it, she says, mom, my root chakra, this is good for it. And it's true. <laughs> Rice with those root vegetables, fabulous. And then walking in nature, receiving energy from nature. So simple. It seems like, yeah, it's so obvious, you know, earth, root, right? But how many of us make it a practice? I work with clients on a weekly basis and so many of them, right? We're living urban modern lives. They don't get outside as much as they know they really crave and really need to for their energetic and psychological support. So like scheduling being outside in nature as if you have an actual meeting with your boss or someone that's really important to you, do that and watch it change how you feel on the inside out. Profound. Of course, I'm partial to yoga because I teach yoga part-time. 
anything in your legs, your hips, your feet that we spoke of. And then just to mention, if we have injuries, like right now I'm healing from an ankle injury. And so when we have these injuries, some of us great big injuries, the hips, legs, ankles, feet, this would affect our root chakra, right? Because the chakras are affected from the outside in or the inside out. I spoke of this in the intro to chakra soul cast. We can get to our chakras from our bodies. We can get to our chakras from our prana, our breath, our energy. We can get to them psychologically. There's so many ways we can influence them because they live at the they live at the intersectionality of so many places within ourselves. Really, the meeting point, the heart hub, the the town square of ourselves within, so to speak. I mentioned the color red. So if you're working on balancing this chakra, you can get red things. Surround yourself with red things. You know, something I noticed was that I didn't have a lot of red in my life a decade and a half ago. And so I bought myself a red yoga mat and really surrounding myself with that color was interesting for sure. People who'd have a, a deficiency, like a, an imbalance in the way of less than, as opposed to an excess, which is like a lot of this energy, would have anxiety issues, fearful, restlessness, challenges. So it often stems from our needs not having been met as a kid or from some kind of emergency situation. Um, but so they might be notably and unhealthily underweight. That would be a physical manifestation, but not necessarily at all. Everyone who has a uh, a deficiency would would exhibit it in that way, but it's one way. Could be a consistent financial difficulty, like not ever really feeling prosperous and able to get to a level of prosperity so that your basic needs are met, like food, house, shelter, and that's always a struggle. Or even like chronic disorganization, like someone who's chronically disorganized, like you go into their house and it's just like a total you-know-what show. And that would be like, oh, their earth energy is not aligned and imbalanced. And so when they would balance that and do practices that helps them balance it, they would then be able to organize. They would then be able to come into more harmony in their home, which would affect their energy in turn. And then the chakra would even get healthier. And then it would affect them to organize even more and it would get healthier. So there's this beautiful like two fish in tandem relationship with the practices that we do to heal our chakras. And then how they, in turn, support wanting to do those practices. And then again and again like that. So deficiencies, I mentioned like hiking in the woods and going in nature, just like with the excess, really important. Another thing with a deficiency, and I love this practice. This is a practice I learned in Ireland. Again, seems radically simple, yet deeply profound is take off your socks and go out in the earth. doesn't matter what time of year, if you can stand it in the snow, but feel your feet in that earth. You know, there are ions in the earth that literally, this is again, scientifically proven, affect your state that you pull up into your body. So this is not an out there woo-woo thing. This is real. There are ions and they affect your brain and they help you feel more settled, grounded. They help calm your nervous system down. Practicing things daily, like every day, put your feet in the earth. 
it takes, it'll take like literally 30 seconds to a minute and a half. You can do this. But if you do it every day, the consistency of doing something every day is also a very healing experience for someone whose root chakra is out of balance, excessive or deficient. Just by that embodiment of the quality of earth, of that consistency, of the practice of showing up, less about you know quality, more about that consistency will help bring that chakra more into balance. So you know, whatever you really love to do that's good for you or that you're passionate about, make sure you do it in a consistent fashion every day, every other day, put it in your phone, scheduler, planet, however you do it. If you can really show up and say every day, every other day, once a week, and there's a pattern that helps cultivate this root chakra and balance it and heal it. And it will really amaze you. And if you can just add like one habit at a time, just think, you know, often we get into like, if it's the first of the new year or the first of the Chinese year just happened in space-time reality right now. And there's always these beautiful windows of opportunity where we can start over and start over throughout the entire year. New seasons coming, the equinoxes, the solstices, the new moons, the dark moons. You know, there's, there's so many ways we can DJ our up-leveling and play with our evolvement on our mystic path. But try not to do too much, dear ones, at once. Really, it's particularly those of you who don't do well with consistently showing up for practices and doing um, your resolutions and intentions and manifesting things, just add one and see if you can do it consistently in a pattern. You know, don't think about those five things that you're always telling yourself you want to do, you know, get in shape and then, you know, do your essential oils every day or meditate every day and this and that. Because often the person who doesn't have a lot of earth energy has the air energy or fire energy or watery energy. And they'll want to do a lot of things all at once. They get like an infusion of energy and intentionality, which is beautiful, and inspiration, the, the mystical muse hits and says, okay, I want to up-level my life, and so I want to do these five things, and then you try all five at once, and that's not an earth energy perspective, and often it sets us up for failure. So one thing, short amount of time, in a consistent pattern, try that. Other things that you can do is, is see if a loved one will make you dinner. <laughs> Practice laying your clothes out the night before you go somewhere, maybe every day, almost like you would as a child if your parents did that for you. And if you have a deficiency, then chances are your parents didn't do that for you. But it can be really profound, particularly if you're dealing with anxiety, particularly if you're someone who rushes all the time, rushes here, rushes there, slides in like a baseball player to home plate everywhere you go, then that's an indicator that, hey, compassionately work on your root chakra and it will radically change your experience of life. Get an accountant, make sure you like your accountant. I've had to go through like through several accountants until I really liked my accountant because it can cause anxiety, even if they're decent people, if they're not like communicating in a way that works for you and that you have a sense of what is going on with your personal finances, make sure you get a 
accountant who you can have a conversation with and understand it's good for your root chakra. If you don't like looking at your bank account once a day, once a week, set up a date with yourself. You know, if it's safe for you to have a glass of wine or a cup of chai or a warm, soothing drink that you love and make an almost like a romantic, joyful date with your bank account. And I know that some of us can sound radically silly, but I've suggested this to clients and it really can work. Shifting our perspective with our energy and how we feel about money and prosperity is life-changing. Keep rocks in your pockets. Like have a rock nearby. Right before I, I hit the record button on this podcast, I, you know, sat and breathed and, and held a rock for a little bit. And again, in that podcast I did about energy hacks, I go into details about rocks and there are different rocks that can elicit different energies within yourself and, and create different intentions in your life. But rocks are great. Have a little one in your pocket you keep. I have a, you know, rose quartz in my winter coat. I have an, another, you know, one in my spring coat. Have them in your desk at your office. If there's a place that gives you anxiety going into, you know, make sure you have one handy, your dashboard to grab and, and hold it and, and have it nearby. The other thing that you can do is uh, scents. Patchouli and sandalwood are classic root chakra scents. So you can get essential oils. I love, love, love the tree essential oils. So blue spruce is my favorite. I have a roller with it. Cedar is beautiful. Vetiver is one in many mystical traditions in Ireland and all around the world that is used for divination that's associated with the root chakra as well. So um, such a beautiful way in when we use our senses, because this is the path of the mystic, using the senses in alignment to achieve what we're going for, right? The senses aren't something that we're shunning and ostracizing away, particularly in the tradition that I am steeped in and study my whole life in the yoga world, it's tantra, and it's all about how can we use our senses as sacred gateways to enlightenment, and we can use our senses to balance the chakras. So the touch of the stones, like hematite, garnet, tourmaline, ruby, obsidian, all those black stones are really powerful for the root chakra. Other oils, as I mentioned, in addition to patchouli, sandalwood, and sage. Sage is a big one. So if you want to ground your chit, chit is awareness, the consciousness within yourself and the underlying life force principle in the entire universe. In the world of yoga, it's called chit. You want to ground your chit? Get some sage, burn some sage. You know, smoke medicine can be powerful. Obviously, make sure you do it in a really safe way, contained, like an adult. If you're not sure what that means, look it up. Um, but sage is huge in the way of just feeling grounded. And then, of course, it clears energy, um, negative energy, and neutralizes spaces. In the yoga world, because I'm still talking about that a little bit right now, I just want to mention um, Lord Ganesh. I have a episode about resolutions. And if you haven't checked that out, I tell his story. He's an archetype in the yoga world that's so beautiful. And he lives within you as you. And he is associated with the root chakra. And if you listen to that, you'll know why. 
but he stands at a threshold, every moment of opportunity and every doorway, that energy within you as him. So I invite you right now to take a moment and a couple things you can do in life. Right now, I'm going to ask you to sit. It's a little guided meditation, but I want to also offer that you can take a stand and simply Feel whether you're sitting or standing, all four corners of your feet meeting the floor. If you really want to stand and you feel like, oh, I want to stand, I've got energy, well then do that. If it's safe to do so, feel into the balls of the feet, the outer heel, the ball of the pinky, the inner heel, and sense your feet like roots on the inhale, pulling energy from the earth from your support up into your pelvis, your perineum, breathe it in. And then in the exhale, you can either just let the exhale go, or you could gently picture the exhale rooting your seat down a little bit more or your hips more to the floor if you're standing. And then I'd like to invite you to repeat after me. You can close your eyes they're not closed and it's safe to do so or stare at a point in front of you if it's okay to do so. Repeat silently or even aloud. It is safe for me to be here. Repeat these words. I am immersed in abundance. I love my body and trust its wisdom. The earth supports me and meets my needs always. And now I invite you to simply picture a tree. Maybe it's a tree from childhood that you loved in a special place and a relatives are on vacation somewhere. Or maybe there's one now that you can recall that's dear to your heart. And see yourself walking towards that tree. Maybe you sit against it, or maybe you stand or sit in front of it. But take a few breaths and really notice what's the texture of the tree. Notice any colors, hues, or patterns that are contained and imprinted in this tree. Assess or sense, what about the branches? What shape are they? Are they craggy? Are they thin? Are they thick? And now, how about the leaves? What is their unique expression in the way of color, shape, texture?
What season is it, do you think? Can you tell? What's the temperature around you? And now either lean back into this tree or if you're facing the tree, maybe you merge with the tree and notice what that feels like. Feel your tree's inherent support and strength in its deep, deep roots. These roots that go down four times, five times the height of the tree. What is it like to know that? So grounded, so rooted, so stable, so supported. Is this tree and are you? Notice and take note of any revelations or any specific things you notice doing this internal exercise. There were any animals around or messages you got or things that just stood out to you. Really hold them. Hit the save buttons, so to speak, on them. And take them with you as you re-enter your sensing of your physical environment more acutely once again. And breathe one more time back into the root of your own body. Your hips, your legs, the perineum. Take a breath. And now the feet the four corners of them, noticing the front and back sides of the ankles even, and take another breath. And if you feel moved, you can give a silent thank you to the tree that you were just in relationship with, communing with. And then you can wiggle your fingers and toes a little bit and press your feet into that earth again and feel that. Open the eyes, a crack, and close them if they're closed, and do that a few times. Or if they're open, slowly just look around a little more, taking in any textures that you see in the room that you're in. Anytime you're with trees, you are healing and bringing back together your root chakra. You are balancing this energy center within yourself. The trees mirror this energy within ourselves and act as such. So when you go to the forest or you're communing with a tree, even in your mind energetically, you're calling forth the energy and the power of balance because they inherently are completely balanced in this root chakra centering way. Trees are just naturally. They are literally the perfect natural form of a balanced root chakra. So find a grove of trees, find a forest on the inside and very helpful on the outside. And no, trees are so powerful. One of their more secret, less known superhero powers is that they have so much support they're drawing upon. 
trees literally have a network. It's a network just like a whole internet system underground with their roots. So I mentioned earlier in this podcast, the nadis and those energetic channels and tributaries that live within your body. Well, trees have this vast network root system underneath the earth that is really expansive and goes literally for miles and miles where they communicate with one another. They exchange through fungi, a sugar-like substance that the trees make in photosynthesis. And then they communicate with this substance by sending chemicals, hormones, and even electrical signals. So they communicate not only through the sharing of very concrete things, but they also send pheromones to one another and send signals to one another, both underground and even through the air. So the, the elder trees particularly give more nourishment and support. Neighboring trees, even of different species, if one is taken away from the earth, that intergalactic subcontinental structure or sub-earthen structure is broken. And there's uh, a dying, it could be, of, of the neighboring tree still holding up. So this root system is just incredible. It's called the mycelial network. And when you connect to trees, you are drawing on their wisdom of deepening your connections of support. So feel that support. Take all the support in the ways that nourish you from your community, from others, asking for help. All these ways we connect our roots to others and draw energy, messages, support, love, understanding through the roots of our being, heal the first chakra, asking for help asking for ways to get your needs met. So healing, so profound. So these affirmations, it is safe for me to be here. You can write down, maybe repeat them. If one of them spoke to you, I am immersed in abundance. Maybe repeat them when you put them on a sticky note next to your bed or where you brush your teeth. I love my body and trust its wisdom. Maybe put a reminder on your phone with that one. The earth supports me and meets my needs always. So those affirmations, notice, maybe send one to a friend or loved one. <laughs> Something we can also do is, of course, mindful eating and there's a beautiful Buddhist practice that ascribes that you chew each bite of food 33 times. And when I lead mindfulness retreats, people always are totally mind blown by this experience. So I invite you to try that. Next time you're eating, first of all, notice the taste of the food you're eating. 
And if you can make that a practice, and again, put a reminder in your phone, we've all got these wonderful uh, devices. If we use them towards our alignment and realization, we can use them as tools. They're not all bad. And remind ourselves to actually taste the food that you eat. If you can accomplish that every time you eat, that is healing for your root chakra. That is nourishing for your root chakra. That will expand the power in your root chakra. And then also you can layer in when you have time chewing every bite, or you can even just simply do the first few bites 33 times. And that is a tall order. And that is profound. Our foods make our bodies and our embodiment is the proof of our earth chakra and our existence here. Also other supportive practices for this chakra are foot rubs. We can do self foot rubs in a lot of the martial arts practices. You can Google the exercises, but you can massage your own feet in specific ways. Reflexology is amazing. I only had it once, but my mind was blown. Someone worked on my feet for an hour and my entire body and psyche felt radically different. So we can work on our own feet. A lot of the healing traditions hold that like the, the origins of all energetic blueprints can live in our feet. And so if you're going to get a massage, it's so often, especially as Western individuals, if you're listening to this and you're not in the West, you might know this wisdom already, how we often say, me as a Westerner, oh, please rub my shoulders. Like we hold a lot of tension in our traps and our, and our upper body, but the true wisdom and, and don't take my word for it, experience it yourself. If you have a limited amount of time where someone is working on you physically, massaging you or doing acupuncture or whatever the healing modality is, have them work on your legs, your hips, your feet, just even your feet. And it is amazing. The results, it is so efficient and such a bang for your, your energetic buck, so to speak. Um, so foot rubs, you can stand on tennis balls if it's safe for you to do one at a time and massage your own foot. You know, you can freeze those tennis balls if you have plantar fasciitis or if it just feels good for you, if they're sore at all and you're on your feet a lot and just gently push weight into it and, and roll it one way, roll it the other. This really helps push the energy through your feet and back into your body and helps get that chakra, that wheel of energy moving. The other thing we can really do is yoga, as I mentioned. So friends who do yoga, and if you don't do yoga, this will be quick, but the poses associated with this chakra are Siddhasana, Tadasana. Siddhasana is a seated posture, just sitting, connecting to the earth, Tadasana standing. If you don't do yoga, but you stand against the wall, breathe, feel into your posture, you'll feel how erect your spine gets. That is the pose Tadasana. And doing any yoga poses, particularly standing against the wall, support this chakra. So even the standing poses with one foot into the wall can be really, really great. Parjvakanasana, Balasana, half Hanumanasana or full Hanuman, Triganasana, triangle pose, Skandasana, that's Hanuman's brother <laughs> that I mentioned, who's the root chakra deity. Lunges, phenomenal. Thigh stretches, phenomenal to open the root chakra. Malasana, which is squat. So the, all these postures really create calm and groundedness, stability and steadfastness. They all really help mitigate anxiety, depression, even in incontinence and exhaustion because incontinence is an, another aspect where the, the root chakra is deficient. 
the root chakra is also connected to the planet Mars. Mars is the planet of energy and the potentiality to overcome obstacles when we're rooted in a place of feeling centered, grounded, filled with compassion. Tuesdays are Mars days. I always try to schedule important meetings and practices, even my yoga practice physically, that contains a lot of energy and challenges. When we align with our grounded, supported selves, then we can meet our challenges with great success. So no, Tuesdays are a great day to connect with your root chakra. Every day is really a root chakra day because the root chakra is the base foundational architecture of the chakra system. So like with an architectural building, the foundation that is laid affects the rest of the building. And so whatever foundation we lay and nourish in the way of our root chakra will affect all the other chakras from the ground up. However, Tuesday is a beautiful day to really anchor into support and feel the roots and our connection and our power and the way that we can use and leverage our groundedness to overcome challenges. Monday's Moon Day. I'll talk about that when I roll out the heart chakra episode. But Tuesday is a day after we're into our feelings and we connect to our hearts. Then we can really move from a place of groundedness and power, of strength and stability, of anchoredness and centeredness. And so remember, the old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. Grow your feeling of your roots. Get rooted. Ground your chit, your energy. Do and practice some of these postures. And it's like a spiritual buffet. Take what works for you, but play, try, explore. And I promise you, you will feel the quality of your life shift just by working with this one magic muladhara root chakra. Thank you so much for listening, dear one. This work with the root chakra has been revolutionary and so revelatory for me. And my greatest wish is that it is equally the same for you. Namaste. Thank you for taking these words in. I hope they ground, inform, and inspire you on your journey of the mystic path. If you like what you heard, please write me a review on whichever platform you are listening. Also, check out my exciting Patreon page at patreon.com slash modernmysticlove where I offer all sorts of uplifting yoga classes, meditation classes, and other amazing offerings from my guests on this podcast to all my incredible supporters. Even folks who donate at the $5 a month level are so appreciated as every cent helps this busy mama of three. Or check out my website, modernmystic.love, 
where you can purchase yoga videos of all levels with me ranging from gentle yoga up through advanced asana and also meditation videos there. Keep on meeting the present moment where the magic lives, one breath at a time. Namaste.